Judges ready. ready. Melissa, our fan base has been clamoring for a new episode of Forensics Faces, and it's here. We should do something to celebrate. I'm way ahead of you. To honor our fans. 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 I'm going to name a fandom, and I want you to name the first object from that fandom that comes to mind. Ooh, this is like the first episodes of Forensics Faces that had that quiz at the end. So exciting. Ready? Ready. Harry Potter. Magic Wands. Star Wars. Lightsabers. Twilight. Teenage malaise. Is that an object? It is to me. Okay. Doctor Who. Ooh, tie between the sonic screwdriver and the TARDIS. The WFCA. Hmm. Deadwire Trosses Shiny Snakeskin Blazers. We just kicked off another season with the WFCA fall meeting. So we're recapping the discussions, new topics, and new rules that went down at Muskego High School on Saturday. This, this is Forensics Faces. Hey, girl. Hi. We are back. But like also in a way, in, an, in it's new because no one else can see it, but we have like the most legit recording setup now. <laughs> it is almost professional. It we like are, really is. We uh, we still have to do some soundproofing down here, but otherwise we are in my basement. In what is known as the studio. In what we are calling the studio, which will hopefully someday be more like a real yeah. Studio. So, but like even now, like we're we're for the first time we're wearing we're wearing headphones. Yeah, I have to listen headphones. to myself. Yep. Which you all choose to do, but <laughs> I spend most of my life choosing to ignore doing. So, like this is going to take some adjustment for me. It's I'm good with Kurt's dulcet tones. Though. It's it's the gift that keeps on giving. Really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we're like legit. We've got like a mixer. Yeah. And I've learned some new stuff about mixing the podcast in the post production. So. Hopefully people hear a more consistent sound quality from us from now on. Um, the mixer also will allow us, hopefully in the very near future, to have some guests. Yes. And we won't have to share microphones. We'll be able yeah. to give them their own their own mic when they come to play with us. Yeah, we're, we, we are very, um, we're really big into our personal bubbles. And yes. like the idea of letting people invade them. I mean, obviously we do it for the podcast. Absolutely. Like, Plus, like if you come on the podcast now, you're getting like a legit recording experience yeah. because you're going to get your own chair. Yep. And your own microphone. Yep. And your own headphones. And all the headphones are different colors. So yep. that everyone so is their own. Yep. So they're your own special power. Yes. And it's amazing. And exactly. I love it. Just like the Power Rangers. Yes. We are the podcast Power Rangers. <laughs> Aww, awesome. It's adorable. Cute. Okay. Fan art. Anyone want to make us fan art? Please. Please do. Yay. But other than the fact that we have a studio now, how has your life been, Kurt? My life uh, took a lot of big turns recently. Tell me about them as if um, I didn't already know. As if you didn't already know, I quit my job after six years in the same company. Uh, not the same position. I had moved through the company and ended up in a lot of different positions there, but it was time to depart. So I left that job. I, with the wonderful support of my fiance, John, am going to uh, go back to school and do some freelance work. So what are you going back to school for, Kurt? The plan right now is for arts administration. So I just I really felt I was making too much money and I needed to get out of that industry and go into one where it will be more difficult to find work in the first place and then be grossly underpaid for the time that I put in. 
Oh my gosh, so romantic. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. It was really just like, it was time to stop making all that money. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, yeah, and spend money to go make less money. Hooray! Yep, yep, I'm doing it. I'm living the dream. Living, living the, the American best dream. dream. <laughs> yep, yep. So that's what's up with me. Uh, I'm just like a, a vagabond now. Yep. I like to refer to Kurt as fun employed now. Yeah, yeah. Although I was telling you the other day, it's not it's as not much fun, fun as I really thought sucks. it was going to be. Um, <laughs> I, I right away when I quit my job, got my first contract to narrate an audiobook. Taking the taking those uh, aforementioned dulcet yeah. tones to the book. Yeah, yeah. So it was something I was pursuing and hadn't gotten a job for yet, but then. Someone hired me as I was quitting my job, and that was great. Yeah, and hopefully after you finish recording it, you can you can promo that recording to our to our fans. Oh my god! I will tell you right now. The name of the book is called Wolf Song. As soon as there's an audiobook available for it, please buy it. I get a cut. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Here's here's wolf song, wolf here's song, the wolf deal. Song. I won't ask you to pay for this podcast. At least not yet. Not but yet. <laughs> but I will ask you to go buy my audiobooks. <laughs> Yay, I'm so, so excited to listen to Wolf Song because I've heard a I've heard a few teasers about the plot and oh yeah. it sounds amazing. It's a good one. Um, like it's gonna be great bus material because sometimes you know our podcast isn't long enough for an entire bus ride for oh, forensics. This, this so is this long. is this will be the thing that you listen to. You listen to your forensics faces first to get you woken up and mm-hmm. then to get yourself in the in into the right headspace to listen to Wolf Song. Yeah. As narrated by and, Kirk Graves. And you know what? There's probably gonna be some embarrassing moments in that, and I'm gonna live with it because if you are making fun of something I said on Wolf Song, that means you bought Wolf Song, yep. so I'm just going to shut up. Yep, you'll take it. I'm going to be like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's fine with me. You can totally make fun of me for, got it. for that. So yeah, my uh, my first audiobook coming in 2016. Woo-woo. I know. So, and then hopefully more will follow. And, uh, and we'll I can, promo every single yes, one. Yes, yes. And I will just continue to, to live this bohemian lifestyle for at least a little while. While I continue my... Not bohemian lifestyle. Although, to be fair, in the grand scheme of people who call themselves office managers, mm-hmm. my job is very barely office manager right. in comparison to other people's because it's a very unique place. That yeah. You, that Jake's you Cafe, work. a creative community. Mm-hmm. Jake'sCafe.net. Yes. New website goes up tomorrow, actually. I've been Ooh, working on that for three shoot. months. Yeah. Nice. But my, yeah, I've, I haven't done a whole lot. We went, we went to nationals. And then I went on vacation, which I, I don't say, ever but do. You, you went to the West Coast again. Yeah, I went to Seattle and Portland, and it was lovely. And except for Portland was so hot, <laughs> I just nearly physically melted. But it's okay because Portland had vegan soft serve, and I am a dirty food hipster. So the fact that I got to have molten chocolate cake vegan soft serve was my jam. Yeah, that that sounds like it's worth it. So I all worth, worth the price of a plane ticket alone. Yeah, I didn't do I barely did anything touristy. I mostly just ate my way through both cities and it was the best. But now we've now that we had the WFC fall meeting, it brought us back to the reality that is forensics. Yes, the school year has started. Yeah, which is exciting. It was this was earlier than normal than we have our fall meeting. Normally we're a little bit later in September. Yeah, what was up with that? I think it was just a timing issue from what I remember yeah. from the exact board meeting during the summer was just figuring out a date that worked because we were originally going to have it at Marquette mm-hmm. University High School, but then the brewers decided to like have a bunch of people run around in circles and take all the parking. Crazy. So we ended up at Muskego. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. But yeah, we, a lot of things happened at the, at the fall meeting, which is so much exciting and overwhelming and 
very, very long when you are a part of it. Yeah. Because I don't think if you've never been to a fall meeting, like if you were a student, you you are unable to comprehend just how much thought and the word I'll use is passion your coaches <laughs> put into the decisions that we make on your behalf. Because mm-hmm. we uh, we take that very seriously, that yeah. we are not only the voices for the, our organization, but for the teams that we represent and mm-hmm. our children. That Grand sounds, gesturing of I was going to say that sounded almost like a Benetton ad or something. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so let's, before we jump into what actually happened at the meeting. Yes. What were your expectations going into the day? Well, so something that has changed for me within the WFCA is I'm now the program assistance chair, which means that new coaches come to me and I help arrange things and I help set up making coaching easier And so this is my first time being on the exec board. So I got to go to the fancy exec board Friday night meeting, which Mm -hmm. I've never done. And we, I, did you discover that it really wasn't all that fancy? It was super not fancy. It was mostly (laughs) just overly air conditioned, but, uh, it was interesting to see like the amount of thought and care that goes in for the exec board, figuring out how they think the day is going to go and preparing Mm -hmm. Not only ourselves, but each other for how our reports are going to go and things for category committee and TPP and all that sort of stuff. So I went into the day thinking that, like, I was just going to have to sit through some just flat out arguing, like the debate coach and everyone was going to come out and it was going to be one of those things where it was going to be really contentious Mm -hmm. because we were proposing some really kind of big changes. Right. Did you have expectations going in? I also expected it to be more more contentious is a good way to put it. I expected the arguments to be longer. Um, also, because no rules had been set at this point, I expected it to be like all of the other um, you know, meetings that we've had in the past and where, with all due respect to my fellow coaches who I respect and love a lot, there are many of them who like to reiterate their points if they feel like they are not being heard. Um, that was so, so diplomatic. You will often hear the same argument again and again and again and again. Yeah. And again. And again. And again. It's, <laughs> it, it, it devolves into like two or three people going back and forth saying the same things. And unless you have a really strong hand leading that discussion or that meeting, then it, it can go on for way too long. Yeah. So, and, and because of that, in the exec board meeting, Elliot Fisher, in his infinite wisdom, had mentioned the idea that at collegiate coaching association meetings, they have this rule that you are only allowed to speak once and mm-hmm. you're only allowed to speak in on either the pro or the con of the proposal being given. And so we were like... Let's try that. Yeah. Just to see if it helps the flow of of not just debate, but just like the flow of the meeting itself, because it's already set to be four hours technically. Yep. And so, I mean, it's definitely out of the norm of us sort of setting up debating and, guidelines, yeah. but I thought it was really helpful. And, and I loved that it followed parliamentary procedure in yep. that, you know, with the affirmative and the negative uh, positions that were being taken, if you got to a point where there was no one to speak to the affirmative or to the negative, we and just it, voted. And, it was so and that nice. was that's something that I have been saying for years, that if we just got to the part where we voted, a lot of these really contentious conversations would probably never They're happen. Just, yep. Because it wouldn't escalate. Mm-hmm. Because we would like most of the room has an opinion about these things before they walk in the door. 
or they very quickly, based on their own experience, know how they're going to vote. So why have a long debate about it? Unless there is a a large number of people who know that they are in a position where they need more discussion. Yeah, that they need the persuading. Their mind isn't made up. They need to hear more information or ask more questions. Let's just skip it. Yeah. So that was that was really, really good that we allowed people who had something to say to say it. And then we moved on. Yay, Elliot suggestion. Yeah, so thank Elliot you. Fisher is this year's meeting MVP because you also you missed his tournament director's report and you also missed he did something in new business and he was just it was it was it was just like his tournament award ceremony all over again where there was just such a clip. I just wanted to stand up and just like applaud him because it was moving so quickly and so efficiently and he was just so on top of the ball and I was just like, "Elliot, you're my yeah. man." So, so maybe he's my we- MVP. You know, there was one thing I wanted to share before. There was one thing I wanted to share before we just went through the meeting and talked about the results of what happened, which was that I was still discouraged by something that happened. Actually, by a couple of things. Okay. But the one that really stands out to me is that I was surprised and discouraged by the number of times um, a point was made and the point was basically... But what if somebody tries to use this change to cheat? Yeah, that was and incredibly I really, disheartening. I don't know if that just hasn't happened as much in the past or if I just didn't notice it or if I was just more sensitive to it now. I, I don't know. But it seemed like that for everything we voted on, somebody brought up a fashion in which someone could cheat to make the new rule work in their favor. Yeah. And I just felt like if we can't, as an organization, as a group of coaches, raise the level of discussion above, but I think you're going to cheat, then what are we even doing? Yeah. Like, then let's just disband the organization and we can all go join a different organization or give up forensics altogether. Like, let's assume... That everybody in this room, every coach who's there, every coach who couldn't make it, is not going to encourage their students to take advantage of a loophole or go and do something crazy and then be able to say, well, technically, you can't tell me I'm wrong because of this rule. Yeah. And there were, towards the end of the conversation, I I believe a few people had pointed out, like, the fact that we're even thinking to that level comes off as ludicrous at that point mm-hmm. like that that our immediate jump is not to whether or not students are going to struggle with this change whether or not judges are going to struggle with this change it's the idea that we will find ways to abuse it right and that's super sucks and it totally like it, it really is not great for the mood of the room which is already not always fun at that point either mm-hmm. so when everyone just starts to come off it's just like suspicious and paranoid about each other rather than thinking about the advancement of our activity. Right. It just is one of those things that I think is the reason that not all proposals actually ever get submitted because people talk about it all the time, but then no one really wants to have to sit through the, the horribleness that can be going through proposal. Yeah. So I will just, I'm putting that out there in the world as something that I didn't like. And I hope that everybody who listens takes a moment to ask themselves, was I one of those coaches who was at that meeting? And there were several people um, who who proposed the fact that people would likely cheat and that's why we should or shouldn't 
vote for yeah. either a proposal itself or an, or one of the amendments that was that was proposed while there. Um, and then the other thing is just that I'm constantly harping on is I'm okay with vagueness in the rules and everybody else seems to not be. And yeah, I, I just think like, honestly, why until, do we have to put such restrictions well, on everything? Yeah, until the meeting, I never really thought about the fact that I was someone who was in favor of vagueness. I just always am thinking about what I as a coach can do in order to encourage creativity for our students. Mm-hmm. And until you realize that the best way to encourage creativity is to make the box as large as possible. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, oh, like you said that. And I, I leaned over to Christy. I was like, light bulb. Because I never, oh. <laughs> I never thought about it that way. That, that the rules aren't the thing that helps students push limits it's not putting limits there for them to push in the first place and so that's where like when we have to clarify something fine like time limits great make sense let's have them let's enforce them um but so many of the other rules we have should should really just be guidelines Mm -hmm. and students should be allowed to operate within or outside of those guidelines based on what's best for the material they're presenting Mm -hmm. and if it's good if it works judges will recognize that and reward it and if it doesn't work, judges will recognize that and they will offer that as a critique. Yeah. Um, but when we try to legislate those things that are critiquable, I just feel like we're doing a disservice to our students, our judges, and ultimately ourselves. Yeah. And that was a phrase that you heard a lot when people would want to try to amend a proposal was like, well, how do we police this? And it's like, we don't police it. It's critiquable. Mm-hmm. Like that word almost started to lose meaning after a while because it was said so yeah, often yeah, it was. <laughs> so let's jump into what actually yeah let's let's talk about meeting. all the cool things that we did or what as someone who came out of the meeting feeling successful i think are cool things that are going to change uh the really easy ones are that we voted on the topics for our 2016 yeah. 2017 season which i think are pretty cool and good this time around and i'll admit i'm not always a fan of the things that you voted on to be the categories but i'm excited about mm-hmm. these ones uh, moments in history this year is going to be uh, 1750 to 1800 and or the 1990s, 1990 to 1999. Interesting. Which, uh, interesting that we see and or yes. in the rules this time because mm-hmm. what happened last year, somebody talked about something that spread both, you know, both time periods, like talked about what had happened and then how it was still affecting things in the second time period. And somebody tried to get them disqualified. Because how dare they think of a really cool, interesting way to approach a category. Yeah. yeah. So we've solved that. Yes. And or. And, and as always, this is not a requirement to speak within both. That's why it says and or. Yeah. Most people will stick to their previous ways, but due to the large time gap between these time periods, it could be an interesting way to approach a topic. You never know. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. What are the occasions this year, Kurt? Uh, so special occasion has a speech to a veteran's organization, a speech in response to a scandal, a sales pitch to investors for a new product or invention, a dedication for an art exhibit or public art installation. Which so those are their four options. I think are exciting. I think there could be some really interesting ones that are done in there. And I like that there's a lot of creativity that can be built into these that doesn't exactly. require somebody coming from space. Yeah. Which like, I'm I am firmly on the side of not making special occasion a sci-fi fantasy category. Which 
despite the amount of sci-fi that you enjoy as a television I viewer. I love that as a genre, yeah. <laughs> Just not as a special occasion Just not trope. not as a special occasion, yeah. All right, and then in storytelling this year, we have a story from Scandinavia, a story about food, a story about overcoming obstacles, and a story about technology, which I, other than maybe the story from Scandinavia, are super broad and kind of great. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, those Just, are those are wide enough that yeah. it should be pretty... Pretty easy to find a diverse group of stories. So, and we'll actually be talking about storytelling in a little bit. Yeah. Actually, why don't we jump to that? Okay. So one of the things that we voted on was whether or not the schedule for storytelling should be like the schedule for oil, which means it would be determined in the morning Mm -hmm. and then every student tells the same stories in the same round for the rest of the day. And that one passed, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Oh, gosh, if we're wrong, I'm going to be so embarrassed. Yeah. No, I'm 90% sure that one passed. Yeah. I used to have my paperwork in my laptop case, but I don't anymore. Yeah, because it's something that uh, John Rademacher does at his tournament already. It was mm-hmm. something that he was already trying, was having preset stories, like the stories for each round going into the tournament, which people had worries about the idea of students having to tell the same story in each round. But I think that sets up then the competitive edge of knowing that you should try to find a really unique story and not mm-hmm. maybe getting the first Google result that shows up when you type in a story about Scandinavia. Right. Yeah. And I was really like, I was, I was nowhere on this walking into the day. I was like, well, I don't have an opinion. Um, but the best argument I heard for keeping the proposal is that if there's any one thing we can do to make storytelling less intimidating for students, then let's do it. Yeah. And I was like, agreed. Yeah. Because it is tough to get people into storytelling. Yeah. So I was all for that at that point. So backing up, um, you're probably, I'm guessing this was your favorite victory of the it day. It was, it was, it was, it was. Binder Tech. Yes. Which, which, what is Binder Tech? Binder Tech is the idea of your manuscript becoming an added element of your performance. So for anyone who was at the NSDA National Tournament this year and saw the introduction of Program or Oral Interp, or POI, which is our state's equivalent of Farago, mm-hmm. multi-genre, theme-based program. And what a lot everyone in this final round did was using their binder to either, sometimes it was just a flat-out prop, turning a binder on its side in your hand and using it as a laptop, other times it was used for a sound effect. Uh, sometimes it was just the pace within which one turns the pages. If you're building suspense, you're turning the page very slowly. If you're trying to show something being in sort of a flurry of activity, you're turning the pages really quickly. And it was just so cool because a lot of the times students don't know how to hold their binders in the first place. It's something sometimes you have to teach a student is just how to hold it properly. Mm -hmm. But to see a student find a way to turn their manuscript into an extension of their performance that only added to it and in no way impaired it was so cool. So I remember seeing lots of coaches after that final round and talking to them being like, we need this in our state. Mm -hmm. It's just too cool. It's the way that the nation is going And I know that sometimes people don't think that we should be following the way of the nation in case it's a bad thing. But again, allowing students to have more creativity is not bad. 
So let's speak to that because that argument was brought up in a couple different ways by a couple different people. And I am lucky enough to have a forum in which I get to share my opinion on a wide basis. So let me do that here um, and say roundly that I disagree with that logic because I don't think something becomes a national trend if it is bad yeah, or if it is ineffective. It may trend away at some mm-hmm. point in time. It may become unfashionable to do this type of binder movement. But for right now, it is something that people are embracing and finding new ways to be creative. And I think that's great. Let's do it. Yeah. And because we had a rule that said you can't use a prop that was preventing students from exploring this new avenue. Well, now we've clarified. And a binder doesn't count as a prop. You can use your binder. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the and or in moments in history. Obviously, there are still going to be amazing performances where a binder simply opens, the pages inside turn, and mm-hmm. then the binder closes. And, and you are still that's, needed. that's all that's needed. And then there are going to be performances where a student is moving a binder around and it's completely enhancing what's happening mm-hmm. in that in that round. So, so I think people are worried that's gonna be something that becomes an expectation within the category, but I I do think it's it's one, it's gonna take a while to catch on because it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. I have been spending a good chunk of my summer practicing binder tech because I am a nerd burger and I teach myself all the things I have to be able to coach my students. And it's it's flipping hard. I have thrown that binder on the ground by accident multiple times and I cut my palm on the uh, the seal on the end of the binder. <laughs> so it's not like an easy thing. It's not something that's going to be crazy and rampant in our state. This year, I think it's going to be something that's going to slowly integrate itself. And I think it's going to be genuinely cool. Yeah. And I, I think and students are going to be excited about it. Yeah. I look forward to the ways that students uh, take advantage of that. All right. What's the other, what's another big change we made on Saturday? Well, four minute is gone, but not forgotten. Oh my gosh. How long have you been holding that in? A couple hours now. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm, I'm. <laughs> I am so proud of you. Thank you. Um, I was just going with the idea that it was now called informative speaking. Oh, snap. And then the person who made the comment about hating puns on Saturday has now stopped listening yep. to the podcast. Sorry about it. <laughs> I literally last year had, some, had one of my seniors say that like when I'm editing a speech, she said, oh, Kurt's job is just to add the jokes. Because like that's what I do. Was that's, add, that's what add, you just enjoy doing. puns and humor and turns of phrase. Um, That is not the only thing I do, but whatever. Um, So yeah, four minute. uh, There were some pretty drastic changes proposed for four minute uh, to become informative speaking. And I think the original proposal was to make it more like informative speaking um, on the national level, which included a a, visual visual aid. aid. We nixed the visual aid part and we basically just said, okay, this is going to be four minute but it's going to be six minutes long and we're going to change what it's called. Yeah, because anyone who's written a four minute knows how difficult it is to try to write a great intro, a concise body and an amazing conclusion and jam it into four minutes. Mm -hmm. And I think like that in in and of itself is not a reason to get rid of something just because it's challenging. Yeah. But I do think we can more fully explore a topic with six minutes. I think it will make things so much easier for our judges I know there are some judges who enjoy the fact that those rounds are short, but I hear so much more often 
that judges get frustrated that there yeah. isn't enough time to offer substantial feedback when it's only a four minute speech. They're, they've barely gotten started and you're supposed to be writing down like a page worth of stuff. Yeah. And it's only four minutes long. It's not, it's not it, easy. It, you know, they're done and you're like, you've written two things and you feel like you haven't done a good job. So I feel like there, it will be easier to critique. The students yes. will get more out of the critiques, yes. which is really, really good. And we are taking a step toward a national category, yeah. which is still 10 minutes long. We did not say, let's get rid of four minute and make it 10 minutes. We no. just, we Ooh. upped it a little bit. That so, would have been too much. Which, you know, if a student then wants to qualify for nationals in informative speaking, now they just have to make their six minute speech a few minutes longer. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is something that as a coach, I can say to a student, let's have a topic where we know we have a 10 minute speech there, but we know what section of it we're taking out for regular state competition. Yeah. And then we add that back in mm-hmm. for NSDA qualifiers. Yeah. Or the idea of we can write something and then when it comes time to go to quals, there's research and analytics that can be beefed into each of these points that we've just taken out for mm-hmm. sake of time. I so, think it's going to be exciting and I think it's going to be fun. I agree. I'm I'm all about it. And I have a couple young ladies who are already interested in four minutes. So now oh I just gosh. have to let them know. It's now it's, six minutes. It's six minutes now. Um, storytelling we already talked about. Yes. Um, and then we went into the debate on manuscripts. Yeah. This was a this was a weird one. Going in, this was well, not one of the ones that I expected to be the longest chunk of debate, but it was. Yeah. And it was the it was the one where there were an even amount of completely valid arguments and then a large amount of just strange worries, mm-hmm. I'll call them, instead of arguments. People whose concerns I felt would would not need to be addressed. <laughs> that sounds rude. But no, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, there were there were people were stretching yeah. for reasons to support and oppose this. Yeah. Um, and we should say that this actually came down to a vote of 16 versus 16. Yep. And therefore it failed because it, it failed to reach a majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, but coaches were right down the middle on whether or not we should be requiring students to have a manuscript on paper, like our, our, our current binders. Um, or if we should be allowing things like phones and tablets. So, mm-hmm. um, and again, this was one where I came down on the side of let's be vague. Let's just have it say manuscript and whatever that means in whatever year we are competing, let that be the standard. Yeah. And who cares? Yeah. Who cares? You know, I mean, and uh, many people brought up situations in which their kid accidentally forgot their manuscript at home. And so they needed to use a phone or a tablet. Yep. You know, those types of things happen. And we are fortunate enough to live in a time when a resource can be found mm-hmm. that you can use as a backup. Yeah. Why would we want to disable those kids? And again, if they use it poorly, if they're holding their phone and squinting to see small text, it's critiquable. It's critiquable. Let's just let that be said by yeah. the judges. And, and by their coaches yeah. who have the right to critique them before they get into conversa- into competition and uh, and warn them that, hey, that's not a great idea. Mm-hmm. And then this this conversation happened after we had passed 
the ability for binder tech to happen. And people were concerned about the idea of a student throwing their tablet around in the air while they were doing performance. And then the idea of a tablet smashing mid round. And it's like, if you so desperately want to do binder tech, you are not going to do so from your iPad. Yeah. Like you just aren't. Nope. So you don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. And if for some reason you are just like, so, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is other than not clumsy that you can do binder tech somehow with, with a Kindle, like go for it. Go for it. My, my Kindle has a little book yeah. that it sits in. I could do some cool binder tech with that if I felt like I absolutely had to. I could still have the the visceral feeling of closing it at the end of yeah, the piece. Yeah, you still get that snap Yeah, if there are magnets in it. Yeah. But wait, Kurt, do those magnets give you an unfair advantage? Did you Probs. put magnets in there to cheat? Probs. You probably put those magnets in to cheat, didn't you? You mm-hmm. magnet cheater. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And then after... <laughs> We printed manuscripts. We're crossing the sassy line. Yeah. Oopsie. Sorry. We, there's a rule in our, uh, in the special occasion uh, rule sheet, even though it's not always a sheet, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's online, that says that a speaker stand may be used. Man, was this controversial. I am sorry, but the idea (laughs) that people thought that we would remove this rule and then not allow students with with certain needs to then be able to use a speaker stand was one of those moments where you were just like, how little do you think of us? Right. And again, it goes back to the idea that like we're just making it more vague, which I was totally in favor of. I'm like, yes, let's strike it from the rules that a speaker stand must be provided. Yeah. And let it be in the ether that a speaker stand may be provided. Yep. If there's one in the room and a student wants to use it, that's fine. But as of right now, no one was paying attention to that rule. So her tournament right. hosts weren't setting up a speaker stand available in every single special occasion classroom. So I will say that I did. But do you really? I did. Yeah. You... I, made, I made sure a special occasion went in the classrooms that had podiums. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Well, at, but it, it wasn't hard because there are many teachers at North that have those podiums. I guess. And especially in the English hallway. So I just always made sure that's where Spec Ock was. Yeah. We at Chippewa South do not do that. As someone well, who, now you don't have to. Yeah, now we don't have to because we got rid of it. Mm-hmm. And it was a weirdly contentious argument. But and you know the only reason I did that is because who did I inherit tournament running from? Jay Johnson. No. Oh. Dr. Christopher yeah, Sock. Yeah, Chris Sock. Yeah. And he was all stickler, all rules. He knew everything about everything. Yes. So 15 years as the state tournament director. He knew he, it all. He is the man who taught me how to run a tournament. I didn't forget things like speaker stands and spec ock rooms. I didn't even. He would, be, he would be so ashamed of me. I didn't even know until this proposal went up that that was a rule <laughs> on the special And I think that that sheet. is the normal. I think that's normal. Yeah. Um, and I never, ever coached a student in special occasion to need or want or request a speaker stand. Yeah, no. So mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, so then we went into some other proposals. I will admit, I had to leave early. Yeah. My, my grandma's birthday was happening, and I promised I would make an appearance. And I was already 40 minutes later than I wanted to leave, but I wanted to stay for Through. the crucial Spec Ock speaker stand proposal. <laughs> I wanted to at least get through the the category. Yeah, because uh, that's report. one of the ones where you really you you are putting a lot of a lot of weight into being the voice for your students. So you yeah. gotta you gotta be there through that, man. So you're gonna have to tell me what uh, what things happen from there on out. Although some of these I'm willing to, some of these I think I forget if I was there for if it was just I had heard discussion about earlier in the day. 
Um, so basically there's what I have on my sheet, the Farrago imperative, yeah, which is the ability to, it was adding language into the rules that made it clear that students could weave pieces together. Yeah. That took a little bit of explaining weirdly, which I didn't think needed to be explained. And then people wanted to, to change the wording, but then it was fine. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, it happened. We at Chibuyan South have been weaving together our pieces for quite some time now. I want to say we've been doing Frogo like that for four years, maybe five, mm-hmm. uh, because for a long time, it's not the case now, but for a long time, Frogo was a really stagnant category in our association. Not a lot was happening there. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't a fun option. Students didn't believe it to be one. And then once we were able to figure out a way to more interestingly present Farago programs, then our students became more interested in it. And like at, over time now, other coaches have done more interesting things and found interesting ways to approach Farago in our yeah. state. So it's, it's gotten bigger now, but it's something we've been doing for a while, but had been getting penalized for because our students judges were confused about it. Right. Cause there's nothing that said it. So it was something that as more and more schools did it, we wanted there to be a rule to have, make sure our judges were informed about it. Right. Which I was opposed to. Again, because I thought there's not a rule that says we can't do this. Yes. Why add the rule now? We can already do it. Yeah. No more rules. No more rules. Who are you, Peter Woods? I am. I am carrying the torch of Peter Woods. Oh, my God. He's going to be so proud of you. I hope he listens to this. And then right now he's just holding his his fist over his heart and just like and just thinking of you fondly. I hope so, too. Yeah. That's what I'm holding. Oh, guys. Clutching my pearls. Um, so and, and there were some other proposals, which I assume went through pretty smoothly. Yeah, when Please I was talking about the Elliot going through issue. things quickly, the formalizing the tournament schedule format for state, super easy. Finalizing the state semifinalist format, super easy, because these were things that John and Elliot, as our tournament hosts, were already doing without having to be told to do it, because they and, are amazing. And we've been doing it for years and years and 15, years. At least the 15 years Chris was running. The yeah, it's just this the way was, that it was already going. This was the policy. Um, replacing National Forensics League or NFL with National Speech and Debate Association or the NSDA and all of our bylaws since they updated their names. Making the application deadline flexible for scholarships and awards. Got a little contentious for no reason. But then it really? was fine. Yeah, because people wanted us to make an established date about it so that coaches well, but that's wouldn't what we have now. Yeah. But they wanted us to make just an established date earlier rather than making it flexible based off of the date of the tournament. So we, we came to an agreement that we would just make sure that the date gets posted every year. All right. And this is where I wish I had been there. Cause as somebody who has been a past president and has had to run this process, and I hope somebody said this, people get those applications late in already Nobody wants a fixed deadline earlier in the year. Yeah, no. Trust me, you don't, coaches, because <laughs> half of you, literally half of the applicants that were came coming in the year I was collecting them were calling me or emailing me the week of saying, you late. know, is there any flexibility? And their, their only saving grace was the fact that March 1st fell on a Sunday. So I said, yes, I will accept them on Monday the 2nd. And after that, no, like our rules say, yeah, it's, like the, it's in the our bylaws deadline, for a reason. Well, and even if it wasn't in the bylaws, like the published deadline was this yeah. date, get it in by this date. And so like half of them came in on the last day overnight mailed. That's insane. It, you know, and so trust me, coaches, you did not want a fixed deadline even earlier in the year when it can be later. You want it to be later. Yeah. 
Um, and then the proposal to have the state tournament director print a copy of the schedule as it is on Thursday, because Thursday is the assumed day that the tournament schedule is being run, mm-hmm. and then providing it to the TPP committee to make sure that the tournament directors are not balancing rounds in their favor on Saturday morning. This, again, in in a way, it, was, it can be sensible, but at the same time, like... As Elliot pointed out, he is balancing the entirety of the state tournament. He often doesn't remember what his team's code is. Honestly, I forget my own team's code, and yeah. it's part of my like judge code on Saturdays. But the idea that he would even have the mental capacity to think to do that was a little crazy. It's but ludicrous. Also, um, he doesn't run the state tournament on Thursday. He runs it on Friday. So... I do believe that we just tabled it in favor of the fact that he would prefer it on Friday. Either that or we amended it. It's It was honestly a blur at that point. Late in the day. Yeah. So whatever. I, I, I will say again, because I have the platform in which to do so, I am not at all worried about our state tournament directors, whoever they may be, cheating to make things easier for their students. If you have ever had to even be within the vicinity of a state tab room. This is the first year that I worked as a technical tab staff member. The amount of things that they have going on at any one time and the even idea that you think that they would be able to think about anything involving yeah. their own team. Like I remember after semifinal rounds asking John if he knew how many kids that he had broken and he's like, no idea. Yep. No, you don't. Because I mean, why would you? You're not. You're not taking the time for, to think about that. You're, you're trying any, to make sure you run the entire tournament. For any coach who's run their own tournament, which is a fraction of the size of the state tournament. Yep. How much do you know about how your own team did that? I don't day? know anything. Next my to my students texted to me. I'm like, guys, yeah. I'm I I will be looking at the tab software, mm-hmm. but have no idea. I'll be writing out the cones for the posters, and then forget completely. Like, oh, yeah. oh, two of those are my kids. Cool. I didn't know I knew. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not something that runs through your mind naturally. It's not something that the people we currently have running the state tournament are going to do. No. And it's not something that I think anyone who we would ever hire to run the state tournament would do. No. If you have a history of being a little shady with your tab room practices. We ain't going to let you. We're not going to hire you to run our state tournament. Mm-mm. That's not like, the exec board hires those people. Oh, it's not going to happen. Sorry. I'm sorry that I used the word elect. Just, oh yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a hire. Yeah, but, you know, you elect the people onto the executive board, and they hire. Yeah, they hire people who are going to do good work, impartial, efficient. Yeah, work. Also, very handsome gentleman, if I yes. do say so myself. Agreed. Uh, and then the last thing that we talked about was standardizing the sections at state. So, and again, this was something that John and Elliot already do. Mm-hmm. The idea of when categories are shorter, which previously was the idea of a category being. Four, four to minutes. eight minutes. The section sizes were a little larger in being that they would be six or seven. And when categories were longer, the 10 to 12 minute categories, the sizes would then be five to six with the ideal section size being six competitors. Okay. Doesn't always happen because of the way that life works, but their best is to make sure that a majority of sections in a category are six. Something that they already do didn't need to be formalized so yeah did that get passed i don't believe it did i think it was just the idea that like i mean for the guys we already do it 
for the most part, it was also moot because the specific example that was presented was four minute. Yeah. Which is now six minutes long. Yeah. Which I believe, so, I believe is why we just decided tabled to it. tabled it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Or maybe sense. we just like, did, like voted it down. I One know. of the two. So, but yeah, lots of things happen. A lot of exciting changes are coming to our association and we'll hopefully be able to answer questions about them or concerns about them. I'd like to talk more about binder tech, see how it's going once we get a little deeper into the season, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to wait until the season starts to record more episodes. Are we Kurt? No, we're going to do a whole fall season this year, guys. So before we even start competitions, uh, we have, a series of episodes that are coming up that we are calling Too Taboo for the Tab Room. So our fall season will consist of topics that coaches either talk about in hushed tones, in back rooms and stairwells, or that we are too afraid to bring up publicly. So we want to tackle these taboo topics with candor and compassion. So we want to hear from you guys. Is there something you're afraid to address with fellow coaches or with your students? What are those topics? Now is the time to get in touch with us uh, by emailing listen at forensicsfaces.com, L-I-S-T-E-N at forensicsfaces.com. We will be spilling the tea in the coming months. Yes. And if you are not someone who emails, you can also comment on this post on Facebook or reach out to us via a DM on Twitter or a regular at reply if you ain't you ain't scared. Yeah. I assume people wouldn't want to do that because if it's something that is like... Hush, hush. Yeah. 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 Or, if they're trying to be yeah, then discreet, you can, yeah. email is the way to do it. Yeah. Or will, you can message us. We will us. not reveal your identity if you choose not to be no. uh, revealed. Or conversely, if there's something that you're like, I need to get on this podcast and I need to talk about this. Then let um, us know. Bring it on. Forensic Spaces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensic Spaces, give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Find more info at ForensicSpaces.com and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Forensic Spaces. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak. Preferably in that order. Preferably in that order.